The statistics are grim. One in five working moms say they've been passed over for an important assignment or for a promotion because they have children. And women who take even one year off to have kids come back to earn 40% less than their peers. Working moms outpace, outperform, and outwork their peers. So why don't companies make an effort to support working moms? And how can working moms advocate for themselves in the workplace and in their careers? Frankly, we're tired of asking for a seat at the table. It's time to make our own table, and we're going to talk about how. I'm Zabine Mirza, and this is Moms at Work. Friends and fans, welcome to another episode of Moms at Work. This is the official Jobs.Mom podcast. I'm your host, Zabine Mirza, and today we're talking about the common mistakes women make with their money. Joining us to have this very important conversation is Erin Hoffman, financial planner and jobs.mom, finance expert and contributor. You may have seen her articles. You may have heard her um, share her insights across social media with us today. Erin, thanks for joining us with me here on Moms at Work. Hi, Zabine. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited to be here and uh, continue the discussion with you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And you know, the the, the work that you're doing, Erin, is so critical and so important. And I think goes hand in hand with um, what we're trying to do to support the working mothers in our lives. You know, one of the biggest challenges that women have, aside from the, the, the discrimination and the bias and the stigma and all the hurdles that we have to face in the workplace is how do we actually um, achieve true financial independence? Um, And one of the things that you and I talk about a lot of the times is women, unfortunately, don't have some of the most baseline financial literacy that we need to have in terms of how much do I save? Where do I save? What do I save for? What about withholding? What about my taxes? What about my paycheck? So today we have you to demystify these things um, and to really share with the women and the mothers that are listening how they should be taking care of their funds or lack thereof, right, um, at every stage of their life. So Erin, um, let's, let's get started. What would you say the first piece of advice that you want to give to women about how they should be taking care of their finances and how they should be, um, how they should be embracing some of the advice you're going to be giving today. Absolutely. And I, I love all the points that you touched on Sabine and to, to give you some background. That's a big reason why I came into the industry, right? Cause there is such a lack of financial education out there, especially for women. Uh, that's what really, motivated me to come into the industry, have those conversations to build our financial confidence, uh, whether that's, you know, how to save, how to start a business, how to protect uh, our family and plan for life events. All of those things are so important, especially for women uh, today, more so than ever. And it can be daunting, right? It's, it's can be intimidating to think about our finances, our future and, and make these decisions. But when we really break it down into, you know, how do, what do I prioritize first? How should I be organized? Uh, it's, it's not as daunting as it seems, I promise. So the first thing that's really important is to kind of take a step back, look at everything going on in your financial world and create a budget sheet. Uh, and that's one of the first things I do with all of my clients, right? I want to hear about 
their personal goals, their financial goals, and really take a deep dive into where money is coming in in our world and where it's going out on our balance sheet, right? We want to make sure that we're being really, you know, efficient with where we're saving, how we're saving, uh, you know, maybe we need to redirect some of our cash flows, right? Are we putting it in the most tax efficient buckets, right? Let's review a savings plan if we don't have one in place. And that is kind of the first step of where we build that financial confidence and where we kind of start to get a strategy that's in line with our personal goals and values. So let's talk about that. You know, let's let's start at the basics. If I am creating a personal balance sheet, what what is that? What does that look like? Is it could it be as simple as me creating two columns on a on a spreadsheet to say what I've spent, what I've earned? Sure, absolutely. And that's you got it. That's the gist of it, right? It's it's our assets, everything that we own, and our liabilities, everything that we owe. That's that's the gist of it. Um, but I'll even take it a step further, and I'll add a uh, protection piece to it. So that's any insurances that we might have, legal. Uh, fees or, or, you know, lack of that we might need. So that's kind of another layer that I'll help people walk through. Um, but as you said, maybe just starting with writing down your financial goals. What should I start uh, to commit with? Maybe I want to start a savings plan, right? Maybe, maybe we don't need those Netflix, Hulu, and 10 subscriptions that we have, right? Let's take a look at really where all our money is is going to. I know some people I work with, they like to keep a vision board. That's how they kind of keep track of their goals and you know, keeping in mind of, hey, I want to go on that vacation or hey, I really want to start this business or I want to be able to send my kids to college and this is, you know, a reminder of how and why I'm saving in the the way that I am. Um, but you know, it doesn't just include our daily living expenses, but we've got to include an emergency fund, our retirement strategies, college planning, life events, those are all important factors on that budget sheet as well. So let's talk about that because this is super important. And I think we can even spend an entire hour talking about it. We can spend hours talking about this because yes. this is something that I, I think, you know, women um, and, and just people in general, we have a bank account, we have a paycheck, it comes in, and at the end of the month, we have no idea where it went, right? It's, right. it's I always say, I feel like money burns a hole in my pocket. Totally. You know, I, I don't even know where it goes. We have automatic payments. We have, you know, uh, we have all of these things that are set up and, you know, $5 here, $6 here, Hulu is $7. I mean, it adds up, right? It sure. adds up. And I think the first thing that everybody that's listening um, that, that we need to do is to really carve out some time. Working mothers, the biggest issue is time, right? And we Absolutely. don't always have, Erin, the luxury of time, money, or whatever the luxury is to work with the financial planner, right? right? We don't always have that. But what we can do is set aside even an hour a month to yes. go through the online you know, statement to say, okay, um, how much did I spend on groceries? How much right. did I spend on eating out? You know, all the kids, their activities and their soccer and their sports, right. and, and they need a new pair of shoes every week because, you know, their feet grow every five days. And right. For some bizarre reason, kids' shoes are really expensive considering they're going to wear them for, for 48 hours, it's right? crazy, isn't it? It's insane. But I think <laughs> the first thing we need to do is understand what our obligations are. How much money yes. do we have? 
And how much are we spending to live outside of the savings, outside of the luxuries, outside of the vacations? And, 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 you know, the, the next thing is, Erin, it's, it's especially for working mothers. I have three children, right? I have three children. I have to think about college. Mm -hmm. I have to think about savings, but even college is really far away. God forbid there's some kind of emergency, right? How sure. should how should I as a mother with my finances make the decisions about when, how, how much to save right. for children right now? Right. Good point, Sabine. And you bring up a really good uh, point that I want to touch on is we need to pay ourselves first, right? We've got stuff going on with, with the kids and the family and trips and whatnot, but we need to make sure that we're saving for ourselves, our family first and foremost, before we're even talking about, you know, paying down debt or, or all of that stuff. So that's a really important point I always bring up. And in terms of the college savings, that's always a huge concern, right? And we want to start as soon as we can. Uh, and that's one thing that I'll walk through with clients is how to save. And you've probably heard of, you know, 529 plans. That's a very common way to save, but there's also other strategies. There are some saving strategies that I implement with clients that don't show up on the FAFSA report, right? 529 plan will show up. There are some other strategies that will not. So maybe we do a blend of certain things. Um, some people choose to use home equity. There's a lot of different options you can use. So it's not, I always say there's not one shoe that fits all, right? It's, it's custom to your goals, your family's goals. But I think starting, even if it's 50 bucks a month, saving for your kids for the future, that is, that is paramount. It's huge to start sooner because sadly I've seen this where, you know, they're, they're your son or your daughter might be 14, 15 colleges a year or two away. And I've sadly seen people, you know, pulling money out of their 401k or pulling out of buckets that they shouldn't be for college planning because they didn't take those steps in the beginning. So that is a really important thing. And even just to have a conversation, right? What, what are my options early on? What should I be thinking about um, is super, super important. Absolutely. Now, I, you know, we want to talk about, we want to talk about college planning. We want to talk about, you know, uh, uh, planning for emergencies. Um, and, and as you mentioned, even putting away just $50 a month, um, it makes a difference. But let's talk about the reality of the situation. We're in a pandemic. We have millions and millions of women and mothers out of work. Um, We have single uh, earner households and double earner households that are on unemployment benefits. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't have the disposable income to save. Right. What should we do? How should we reframe our finances? in this kind of crisis? Good question, Sabine. And I've been asked this recently as well. Ideally, I always tell people, you know, we really want to be saving 15% of our gross income, which sounds like a lot, right? So maybe, right, we need to rework our budget sheet. We need to rework, you know, cash flow that's coming in. Let's start with 5%, then we'll get to 8%. If we start somewhere, then we'll eventually build that back up. But we've got to be saving at least something, right? Because our future selves, you know, two, three years of not saving anything is going to have a huge impact 
on our retirement selves down the road. So if we can at least put away, you know, 5%, 8%, and I'll get more into where we save that. But for right now, we want to be saving that in somewhere liquid. In other words, somewhere that is accessible. So maybe we save that in a high yields bank account. Maybe we save that in, you know, a mutual fund or a money market, somewhere where we can access it as opposed to maybe we hold off on contributions to our 401k for a bit because we can't access that money right now. So that's something that I'll talk about with people. Hey, we still want to be saving. Maybe we just reallocate where we're saving so we can access it in a better, more efficient way. Yeah, that's absolutely critical because what we need to do, and and, you know, we're talking about money mistakes, right? The first mistake we talked about was we don't actually carefully review or understand where our money is going. It's sure. easy to set up an automatic payment here, an automatic payment there. I have 15 different automatic payments right. going out of my account. Half of them, I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't even know that this was set up, but it's there. So the yes. first mistake is that we don't carefully monitor our finances, what yes. we're paying. The second mistake, and Erin, I really believe this, what you're saying, and it's very easy for anyone that's unemployed, that's living paycheck to paycheck to say, oh, you know, saving is a privilege. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And it's a, it's a travesty and a tragic commentary on the state of our economy that saving for the future is a privilege. It shouldn't be. But with that, with that being said, We have to treat savings as an obligation, just like you would pay a bill. And this is is a muscle memory that you need to create, right? Because I've been there, right? I have been unemployed. I have three children, right? And I am thinking, oh my God, I'm unemployed. I have a finite amount of of money and these kids still need to eat. Still need to be fed, uh, still need to be clothed, still need to go to school and do their trips and have, you know, insurance. And I have to pay for these things, but maybe I can't put aside the 15%. Maybe I can put aside 1% even, right? But even if I put away the $20, you may think $20 isn't anything, but you know what? That Disney Plus subscription at $7.99, $8 times 12, that's $100 a year that's down the drain, right? It adds up. Absolutely. I love, love what you said, Sabine, with the muscle memory. That is a phrase I use all of the time because if we get in the habit of saving that 1%, that 5%, that's only going to, you know, increase over time. We never want that to to go away. We only want to strengthen that savings. And we do need to treat it as as an expense, right? It's it's just as important as saving as it is to pay our mortgage expense, right? It's it's equally as important. I love that you said that. Yeah. Now, so so let's let's talk about now the working mom, right? Mm-hmm. So As a woman, we go through all these life stages and the way we treat our paycheck differs, right? So, you know, we have things when we have a paycheck that we have to fill out these forms about how we're withholding money, right? How we're paying taxes, where, what is pre-tax, post-tax, all these decisions that we need to make. What would you say is a big mistake women make when they make decisions about their paycheck as they are either joining a new employer or, or switching roles or switching yep. careers. 
I love this question. I'm so glad that you asked it. Biggest mistake that I see is we don't know what's being taken out of our paycheck. We don't know what's being allocated into our 401k, our 403b, what have you, because we've just asked our HR professional, listen to what they have to say and sign on the dotted line. Sounds good. But what's happening is we're not taking a deeper look into our personal goals, our personal financial uh, picture, and we're not looking at that. So we're not looking at, you know, what is being taken out of our retirement to contribute to our retirement fund? Is it a Roth option? Do we have that option? Have we even asked our employer if there's a Roth 401k option available? A lot of people don't know that's available to them. And that is one of the biggest mistakes I see. They, they don't even ask because they don't know it's available. You know, what reviewing our, our health insurance uh, benefits, are we in the best plan that we can be? How are we contributing to that? In terms of withholdings, you know, are we putting aside enough or having our employer put aside enough each paycheck so that we don't owe taxes? at the end of the year, you know, looking at that, let's really break down, you know, what did I owe last year? What did I, you know, how did that play out? And let's see if we can fix that for this year. Cause a lot of people say, well, you know, I'll, I'll just look at it when tax season comes around that we've got to look at it sooner than that. Um, yeah. that's a huge problem I see as well. Um, another big problem I see is just maxing out that 401k or 403b contribution, which is great especially if the employer is offering a match, but we need to make sure that's not the only place that we're saving. Uh, so that's another big problem that I see because that's creating a possible tax bomb for us in the future. That's really interesting because, you know, a lot of my friends and I, we talk about, you know, the, the 529s and, and the 401ks and we think like, you know, there's tax benefits to, you know, investing in the, yeah, right. But but, take it out always. <laughs> abs- absolutely. And this is something, you know, that we, um, that we learned, right. That just sure. because there's a tax benefit now doesn't mean that there's a tax benefit later, because when I go to, absolutely. you know, when I go to withdraw those funds, I am going to be hit. Um, if I'm not mistaken, with capital gains taxes, right? Correct. Because it was not taxed when it went in. And, right. you know, we, we always joke, if you owe the IRS money, they will dig up your bones from the grave and <laughs> and squeeze, true. and they will squeeze it out of your, your lifeless bones. Of course. Right? Um, so, so this is all super important because, you know, it might be, not that it might be, it is worth investing at least in an initial consultation or a conversation with the financial planner and a financial expert that is specialized in your family status and your family style um, and your family needs. And again, just like we go to doctors and dentists and specialists, we need to start treating our finances with the same amount of care and concern because that is a big reason why when women especially go through major mm-hmm. life changes like divorce, like Huge. God forbid, widowhood, um, right. when you have children that go off to college at the same time, right? These are major life changes that suddenly you see that either you're completely financially ill-equipped or the things that you thought were going to help you are actually not. And it was 20 years of investing 
that's essentially proved futile. So talk a little sure. bit, Erin, about how they should leverage financial help and support, how often, what should they expect, what should they be looking for? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said. There's so many different you know, timelines in our life and so many unexpected events that we might not even expect to happen. We have to be prepared for those events, good and bad, today. Uh, and everyone that I meet with, the objectives of how we save and how we plan are all around three main things, timeline, purpose, and taxation. It doesn't matter what age we are. It doesn't matter, you know, if, if we're a business owner or, or we're, or we're, you know, a stay at home mom. Those are the three main objectives that everyone has. Um, and, you know, the first thing is we want to make sure we've got the right protection pieces in place from insurance standpoints to legal documents because rate of return isn't always going to save us. And right. that's another big, you know, myth people believe. We have to make sure our rate of savings is up there. Um, and I talk about, you know, through different stages of our lives where while we're working, we're accumulating assets, right? We're growing them. And then once we get to retirement, we're heading into distribution phases. So at all those different points in our life, we want to make sure that we are saving into the most appropriate vehicles that are going to serve us, you know, serve our purposes throughout our lifetime. And, you know, it doesn't really matter how much we make, but it matters how much we keep, how much we're saving, right? How much we have for our cash flow? How much is liquid? Do we have a penalty to get that money out if it's not liquid? And, you know, if we want to turn an asset into income in retirement, what does that look like? So a lot of it is planning around how much we can replace of our working income in retirement um, and really diversifying our savings and our investings from a liquidity or accessibility standpoint and from taxes as well. Absolutely. Now, for, for everyone that's listening, right, we're using a lot of language um, that, that may be unfamiliar. So and something that is liquid, an asset that is liquid is money like cash is liquid, right? Yes. Um, an asset that is liquid is anything that you have, either cash or an asset that you can easily turn into cash, that right. you can easily sell and make money or divest and have funds in your hand. There are many assets right. that are illiquid, not liquid as in you cannot easily get cash in return for the value of that asset and or you will have massive penalties sure. if you attempt. So this brings us to the next question. Erin always talks about her buckets of savings. She's got three buckets of savings and whether it's the 1%, the 5% or the 15%, we have to be smart about how we're saving and where we're saving. So Erin, please share with us what the three buckets are and, and please break it down for us so we understand. Sure, sure. And I love what you said, Sabine, with it doesn't matter, you know, if we're only saving 1%, 5%, 10%, no matter what we're saving, we want to make sure that that amount is spread across these three buckets. And you'll hear me say this word a lot, diversification. And what I mean by that is that we're not dumping all of our savings into just a 401k or into just our bank account. We want to spread out our savings into different buckets of money that will be in our best interest uh, currently and in the future. So the first bucket I want to talk about is our tax deferred bucket, which 
is basically our retirement account. So your 401k, your 403bs, traditional IRAs, right? They're generally invested in the market, generally tread upwards, but this is money that's at risk. And because, I will explain this, once we retire, every dollar that we withdraw from these buckets is taxed at full income tax rates. And we don't know what those are going to be in the future. Uh, And if we do withdraw from these buckets, let's say our 401k, before age 59 and a half, we're going to be hit with that 10% penalty and taxed uh, at, at that, at that uh, income bracket. So it's great we don't have to pay tax in the beginning, right? We love that, but we will have to pay taxes once we take that money out. Um, and that's not, that's not always so great because it's hard to access in an emergency and it's not liquid, right? We can't access it so easily. So we want to be putting you know, a nice amount of our savings in there, but we also want to be putting it in a second bucket, uh, which I call the taxable bucket. So, and here is, you know, uh, mutual funds or ETFs. And what those are, are kind of bundles of stocks and bonds. So we can be invested in the market, right? We're, we're not paying taxes on these uh, investments until we sell them or we take a withdrawal. And they are taxed at what's called capital gains taxes. So they're not as high taxed as our income taxes. Um, But when we take money out of these buckets, there's no penalty and we can take it out at any time. There's no age requirement um, or or life event, you know, purpose. So that's a huge plus for investing into these buckets. And another point uh, I want to bring up, Sabine, is going over someone's risk tolerance, right? How do we emotionally feel about where our money is invested? Um, And this is really important to to break down, you know, as we go from our our 30s to our 40s to our 50s, how much are we in the market, right? How risky are we and how conservative are we? So that's uh, a side note that we can circle back to. Um, But our third bucket, the last bucket is what I call the taxed advantaged bucket. So this is after tax money that we're saving into these accounts. That could be, for example, a Roth IRA, right? We're paying taxes today where we hope we're in a low tax bracket and then we're taking it out tax-free in retirement, which is great. This could also be a cash value account in a permanent life insurance policy, right? We can put money in, it grows tax-free, we take it out tax-free, um, it's not correlated to the market. This could also be, you know, a money market account, a, a our bank account, right? Maybe it's a high yield savings account, but it's money that we can easily access and we can take it out tax free. And you know, to kind of sum it all up, it's really important that we have money in all three of these buckets because we want to diversify our savings from how easily we can access it, right? Liquidity standpoint. And also from a tax perception, we don't want to be hit with tons of taxes when we take our savings out, whether it's five years from now or, you know, down the road in retirement. Now, this is this is so important and I, and I can't stress how important this is. And, and I'll share a personal story as to why financial literacy is so important. But before I do that, I just want to say for everybody that's listening, this sounds very daunting. Right. If you have no financial background, 
ETFs and mutual funds and, and 403Bs and Roth IRAs. I mean, this is extremely daunting. It's extremely daunting to find a financial representative. Who do you trust? Sure. I mean, you have to find somebody to trust. But what you can do is you can go to your bank, go to your bank where you bank yes. and mm-hmm. speak to somebody at your bank, right? There are financial reps at your bank. Sit Absolutely. in that environment speak to them. They are there to help you. They have to sit there and help you because you're a customer at that bank, right? But I mean, it it, it is daunting. You you don't have to do it yourself and you Mm -hmm. don't have to do it alone. But what you do have to do is do it because you will. And I promise you, you will suffer for it um, later down the line. And the biggest issue from my perspective, Erin, and please feel free to correct me, um, the, the biggest issue with women and their finances is that they don't have the financial literacy or the education, but they are so hands-off that when there are major issues like divorce or a death or a major life change, we get shafted. We yes. are the ones that get shafted. At, it's because we don't have the savvy. And I'll... I'll I'll share a story. Um, My father uh, passed away uh, in 1999. I was very young at that time. And he was, you know, he was the primary bread earner and the breadwinner in our family. Um, And he he was a doctor. My mother, she stopped working. My mother was a sociologist and she stopped working so that she could raise us three children. And my father was diagnosed with cancer and he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And, you know, he knew that he had a very short time to live. And my father was a doctor, right. so he was very well aware of where the disease was progressing. Sure. He, he knew that he had to put away a trust fund. He had to get his life insurance in order. Mm-hmm. He had to get all his investments in order. Um, and what he did was he had a very good friend um, that was a financial planner that took care of all the financial planning for how my siblings and I and my mother would be taken care of after he passed. And from the time my dad was diagnosed to the time that he passed was a little under six months. Um, So we had six months to get everything together. During this time, um, you know, we had grown up in Brooklyn. During this time, my father said he was going to build a house for us that we could live in the suburbs and grow up there. And he was never able to see it built, but he had put the down payment. He had secured the mortgage and he had taken care of all of that so that after he passed, we would all be okay. He put away money for our college. He put away money for our weddings. He put away enough money for all of us that my mother would never have to work and we would be all fine. Long story short, my father passed and my mother um, gave power of attorney to our financial planner, who was my father's very good friend, a very Mm -hmm. trusted advisor to my family. This man then proceeded to invest all of my father's savings and investments into penny stocks and gamble all the money away. And we lost everything. So two years after my father died, we started getting notices from the bank that there was a lien on the house because the mortgage hadn't been paid. No taxes had been paid. Why do our bank accounts have zero money? And it, it took two years for my mother, who was bereft and grieving 
after sure. having watching after having watched her father after having watched her husband die and have three young children under the age of 11 by the way oh. she realized she had no money no savings and her house was about to be lost now this taught me and this was of course not my mother's fault because you trust somebody you give them power of attorney but this taught me from a very early age that i must be 150% cognizant of every single cent that I have. Mm-hmm. And I have to be accountable and hold the people accountable that mm-hmm. have influence on my funds. And the repercussions of the loss of those millions of dollars that my father had put aside for us for the rest of our lives, we still feel it to this day, 20 somewhat years later. And we suffered. My mother suffered. We almost lost the house. We didn't have money. Like I couldn't go to a friend's birthday party because I didn't have $10 to buy a gift for her. So the, the implications of financial illiteracy are long reaching, long lasting and painful. And I get so upset thinking about it even now because I think about my mother and what she suffered. My mother went went, went back to work. She had been out of work for over a decade. She went back to work. My mother is 65. She is going to be, she's still working. She has no chance of retiring, right? Because she has to continue to pay off years of back taxes. And, you know, now we're in a position to help and support her. Um, and she spent many years in court with this man. Um, sure. And she, like over a decade in court, by the way, because pursuing wow. financial you know, negligence in this manner, especially when somebody's given a power of attorney, is super right. difficult. It's right. super difficult because you, you gave somebody you trusted complete control over your money. Um, but what she was able to gain back in return is, is, is a fraction. And was used not even to pay off all the taxes and not even to pay off all the mortgage. So so all of this to say that it's really easy, yes, for us to sit here and say, when you have suffered a loss, when you are unemployed, when you have are living paycheck to paycheck to say, save, but you must. If it's $5, I'm telling you, $5 adds up, $10 adds up. And Mm -hmm. this is a painful lesson that I learned um, from a very young age that I suffered, my siblings suffered, my mother suffered. And it's all because we didn't have some very basic financial education. Right. Um, and, and so Erin, uh, b- before we wrap up today, if you could just please share with women that have maybe not been paying attention, whose finances are maybe a mess, who are undergoing major life changes, who have just been fired, who have just been divorced, who have just had a child, what is the first thing that they should start doing to get their affairs in order? Sure. And first, I want to send my condolences to you, Zabine, about your father. Sounds like a wonderful man. But unfortunately, that is the reality today, right? We we see our spouses, our partners who are passing or are involved in some kind of, uh, you know, disability event, and they can't go to work to get a paycheck. And it's on on us or another, you know, family member to pick up those pieces and try to figure out 
you know, how we can, how we can recuperate or recover. So it's so important to have those conversations today, not tomorrow, not in a year. Look what happened in the past year with COVID. I mean, people had to move out of their homes. They lost their jobs, sadly lost, you know, loved ones. This is our reality. And we have to kind of wake up and realize we've got to start today and just take a small step, a small step. And I always, I always tell people, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? We don't have to do all of this planning at once today, this week, right? But if we take one tiny, small change today, maybe we we start drafting up a budget sheet. Maybe we start looking into, you know, a power of attorney, a will for our family, put our wishes in writing of, you know, who do we want to be the, you know, uh, legal guardians of our children? Let's at least maybe look at some legal documents. That's first and foremost. Let's look into life insurance, right, for ourselves. We want to be able to still provide a future for our families if we are no longer here. I think those are two really important uh, protection pieces that we should do right off the bat, along with building up that savings, whether it's 1%, 5%, 15% is obviously the goal, but starting somewhere. Let's start with putting $5 away every week, right? And it's going to grow. It's going to be that muscle memory that's going to grow. But we have to start today in thinking about how we're approaching our financial habits, where our dollars are going. Um, and that's only going to help us be more financially confident and reward yourselves for those little wins, right? No matter how how small they are. Absolutely. And it's never too late to start. Yes. It's never Absolutely. too late to start. And, you know, one of one, one of the things that we do at jobs.mom, Erin, and you know this, and then all of you that are listening, you know this, one of the biggest things that we do besides working tirelessly to get mothers back to work is to really empower them, right? Yes. You're working for a paycheck, right? What do you right. do with that money, right? And a lot of your empowerment comes with the ability to make decisions about Correct. the money that you earn, you know, and, and you can only make those decisions if you have the knowledge. So go online, right. watch YouTube videos, go to jobs.mom and read Erin's articles, right? She's, <laughs> she's on there preaching to the choir every month about, you know, last month, Erin, uh, you shared about financial literacy 101. Um, this month, Erin's yes. article will be um, uh, released at the end of this week. So please check that out. Uh, and Erin will be contributing on a topic of importance as it pertains to finances and women's finances every month. So please, please, yes. please reach out, learn on our website, on YouTube, at your bank, to your friends, ask questions, right? Ask questions. Absolutely. And, and, and ask questions of many people. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Ask for right. multiple opinions, just like you would for a doctor just like you would for a dentist, just like you would for a specialist, ask for multiple opinions, but you can, you know, empowerment comes with education and knowledge. And one of the biggest ways in which women and mothers can be independent is financially. And I cannot stress this enough, financial independence. You know, people say money yes. doesn't buy happiness. Of course it doesn't, but it goes a long way in making sure that you can find that happiness because you can't look yes. for happiness if you don't know how you're paying your bills, how you're paying for college, 
when and mm-hmm. if you can retire, there is no happiness without financial security. There simply is not. Um, so with that, Erin Hoffman, um, financial expert, guru, women's finance uh, specialist, and uh, jobs.mom contributor. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Sabine. It was an absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure, Erin. For all of you that are listening, you can follow Erin on social media. I'll be sharing her handles in the episode description. You could also follow Erin's monthly finance column on jobs.mom. And for all of you listening, as always, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, and save. I'm Zabine Mirza, (laughs) and this is Moms at Work. Follow us on social media. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out more episodes at jobs.mom slash moms at work.